Well, man, thank y'all for having me. I'm going to slide this up a little bit here. I'm a little taller than the, than, than the lead singer. <laughs> I'm anywhere from 5 foot 10 to 6 foot 8, depending on which convenience store I'm walking out of. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, pastor Jim, thanks, thanks for having me. I, I have known, uh, known your pastor for a while. And uh, how, how long y'all usually go here? About, about 3 p.m.? cover it that's about 3 p.m. would cover it no I'm just kidding I don't I don't preach that long uh, number one I could say uh, every intelligent thing I know and it wouldn't take five minutes so uh and I'm, I'm used to uh I'm used to working with with young people uh, I'm, a, I'm a youth pastor and, and your church your church and your pastor really love you a lot they uh they brought me in this morning uh, all the way from Kingsland Texas to be here with y'all and speak so uh, I, I, I know that's a stretch but but that's how bad they wanted me here no, for real, for for real. I I work with uh, I work with uh, teenagers. Uh, I work with uh, with a uh, with the ch- with the local church in Kingsland. I'm the youth pastor, and then I also uh, do a fellowship of Christian athletes, and that's a good ministry for me because that's about my attention span. is the same as a as a teenage boy. Uh, I had uh, ADD growing up. But they didn't. Uh, they never treated me for it. Uh, back back in those days, uh, they they didn't give you Adderall or, or any of the, these. Uh, Cool, cool treatments that are effective and work for kids today. Uh, back then, they just uh, a coach or my dad or the principal at the middle school would just take a paddle and just knock the ADD right out of me for <laughs> for for a, for a week to ten days, something like that was was how long that treatment would work. Michael's back there shaking his head at me. He's like, "Man, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could do that today." No, hey, for real, all jokes aside, uh, if, if you could just for a minute, and we'll, we're going to be in the inter- introduction of Romans, it's Romans chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 14, we'll read a few verses right there, but before we do that, uh, would you do me a favor and just quietly where you're at, uh, man, a couple, a couple things on, on my heart is I, I, I try to watch as little of the news as I can, but uh, came in from gymnastics yesterday and flipped on the TV, my daughter does gymnastics, not me, in case you're like... <laughs> In case you're wondering about, like, man, this guy's wrong body type for gymnastics. But, but anyways, come come in from the come in from the gymnastics meet, turn on the TV, and uh, you know, our, whether you agree with the with one political party or not in our country, man, we're as divided as we've ever been. So I would just ask, and there's a lot of things going on in our world, obviously, too. That that uh, I wouldn't say they, that that we should fear, but we should definitely uh, we should definitely be aware of what's going on around us in, in our culture. But I would just ask you for a couple things this morning. And number number one, I'd like to ask you to pray for the for the leadership in our in our in our government, in our country, uh, in in our communities, uh, right here in Marble Falls, uh, Burnett County, and in our in our churches also. That, that uh, you know that, that God would give us wisdom, and uh, that He would that He would give us a heart to uh, to work together on some things. And then, and then the other thing, pray for me uh, that, that God would use this time and that I would be uh, useful to you. So real quiet, real quietly, just right where you're at for just a second, would you would you pray for those couple things for me? And again, please pray for me that that uh, God would use this time and make me useful uh, to you. Amen. Like I said, if you could turn turn to Romans chapter one to Paul's introduction there in Romans. 
And like I said, I, I work with young people, and man, when I meet a new believer, I usually tell them to read John's gospel right off the hook, you know, to, to kind of get an idea who, who Jesus is a little bit. But usually the second, the second uh, book I tell them to read is, is Romans. It's, uh, you know, there's like seven, I want to say like 7,100 words. It's, it's of all of Paul's letters, you know, there's, it's an extensive uh, view of, uh, you know, of what sound Christian doctrine should be. Uh, r- really, uh, really good book. So I, I would, uh, you know, and again, I know most of you have probably read it, some of you more than I have. But, uh, but uh, I, th- I think it's a really cool book that, that I always, it's kind of one of my always, that I always go back to and read a little chunk of it pretty regularly. But this morning, oh, we're going to look in the introduction, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start down at, down at verse, uh, r- real quick, Again, I'm used to working with students, so I apologize if y'all don't do this here, but how many of you are pastors or teachers in this room? A few of us, right? So, so we're, we're called to do that. And Paul, Paul, who's the author of this book, was certainly called to, to teach and preach these things. But, but the rest of us, and we're, we're going to see that, that quickly here, how, how many of the rest of us feel obligated to, to share our faith with others? Like it's an obligation. Okay, we get that. So I'm preaching to the choir. Good. So be, we'll, we'll be re- reinforcing that today. But uh, if we could, let's do this. And this is something I've been trying to do with students uh, for not a long time, but just a little bit. Man, I, I view reading God's Word in, in public as an act of worship. So just like if we were singing, would you guys mind standing up? And, and I'll read just, uh, I'm going to read verse 14 through 18 of this. I am under obligation, this is Paul talking in his introduction, I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen. Y'all, and y'all, y'all, are, y'all are welcome to be seated. So this obligation word, uh, Pastor Jim told y'all a story about uh, meeting up with these guys from the Marine Corps. And uh, he, he talked about, uh, and I thought that was an awesome story too, when he talked about how, man, all those guys that have been married, and, and this, is, this is really rare in our society. I think we're, I think we're talking, I'm, I'm like a Gen Xer. Most of y'all in here look about at least sort of close to my age. So I think like 30, on average, like 39% of us end up divorced. That sound about right? So about 40%. And I think baby boom generation, you're more like 60. So, uh, you know, obviously, you take, take six guys, cut them, you know, cut a little cross-section out of America, take six guys, and, and if they're all married, I think that does say something for the, for the Marine Corps, that, that, uh, that loyalty thing. And uh, I wasn't in the Marine Corps, but I was in the Army for five years, and I uh, went to basic training at Fort Benning, Georgia. And you get there, and before they do much else, maybe they gave me a haircut first and a couple of, and a new wardrobe. I got a quick, I got a quick makeover when I got there. But then the, but then the first thing they taught me was uh, my first general order: I'll guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. Step number one, right? Like I had to know that. There's infantryman's creed: how to tear down a rifle, how to do first aid. All these other cool guy things you learn, but general order number one, that's it. Can't, can't, get, can't get to all the cool guy things, can't do anything else until, 
until you know that. And man, you break that general order, and I can tell you what, as a soldier, as a Marine, an airman, uh, uh, I don't know what Navy guys call themselves, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, no, a sailor, there you go. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend any of you Navy guys. Thanks for the ride. <laughs> but uh, there he is. There's always one. No, but, but, no, but, but, for, but for real, um, you, you break that general order, man, you're done. You're obligated to know that thing. And what is an obligation? That means I have to do it. It's a, it's a non-negotiable thing. And Paul's saying, because of what Christ Jesus has done in my life, because I've received Christ Jesus, I'm, uh, you want some tea? just church. You're welcome, though. Hey, I tried. You should have got somebody better, Jim. A, a, more, a more seasoned evangelist would have had her in here. Do what? Man, I should have gave her your quick talk about, man, this is the providence of God. This is a golden hour. Man, we believe God called you here for such a time as this. Quit. <laughs> Serious stuff. No, but, but we are. We, we are obligated, as Paul's saying, because of what's transpired in my life, I've received Je- I've taken on Jesus Christ. Now I'm obligated to share that with other people. He has an obligation to go share the gospel because he has it. And I'm telling this right here today. If you've received Jesus Christ... You have an obligation to lost people. Not just believers. Yes, we have an obligation to them too. Lots of obligations to other believers. But we have an obligation to share Jesus Christ with lost people. And uh, I, I know Pastor Jim and I know his heart for the people here in Marble Falls. And so when, when he asked me to come preach and I was thinking about it, praying about it, I said, man, I'm going to go reinforce what I know about Pastor Jim. We're going we're gonna to share, share, share Jesus with lost people in our community. In, in, in anywhere else. <clears throat> and here's the thing. All kinds of people need the gospel. And, and, and Paul's real specific here. That the, some of your Bibles will say to Greeks and to barbarians. So, so the Greeks are like, uh, I don't want to say like westernized people, but, but people that speak the same language he does. Which he's, a, he's a Roman citizen, and, and, and that includes the Jewish people at this time because they've kind of come under that Roman umbrella. So he's talking about the Jews and the people that talk like them, which is the other like westernized world at that time, and then even to, to people of all nations, right? He's obligated to do it. To the wise and to the foolish. And obviously, wise people and foolish people is a, is a big contrast. And, and I'm not, I hadn't, I hadn't done a whole lot of word study there, but, but what, what Paul's saying is, I don't get to discriminate who I teach that to. And, and hear me real good right here. If you are a uh, middle-aged white guy living the American dream, you got a kid and a half and a nice house and a white picket fence and are knocking it out of the park financially, guess what, dude? You need Jesus. And if you are a poor kid that goes to Marble Falls Middle School that's the only kid in your fa- the only person in your family that speaks English and who, who is the opposite of whoever that guy was we were just talking about, man, you need Jesus. 
We all need Jesus. At the end of the day, no matter who you are, you need Jesus. And Paul's saying, as, as somebody who's received Jesus, I have an obligation to go share it with those people, no matter who they are. Here's another cool thing, though. Paul has to go do it, right? We, we established that. It's an obligation. You don't have to hate it, though. Because he, he goes on, it doesn't have to be a, a negative thing because I have to do it. When I was a kid, if you told me I had to do something, I would automatically not want to do it. That's a childish way of thinking, right? But it doesn't have to be that way. I got older, went to the Army, learned some things, was married, and, I, and, uh, and along the way, as, as I matured as a man and also spiritually, I learned this thing that you don't have to, you get to. And even just because you're obligated to do something doesn't mean it's got to be the worst thing in the world. You can get excited about it. I would have never known that as a kid, but when it comes to sharing the gospel, you can be excited about that. Man, you can, you can be fired up about it. When we look, we're looking at verse uh, 15. I'm sorry, 16. The, the, the very next verse, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation. That power word. I'm not a big word study guy. There's a lot of pastors out there that are better at this language thing than me. But, but I do know a few of those words. And that powerful word in verse 16 is, is a Greek word for dunamis, which is the same, which is the word, like I said, we, we kind of inherited that westernized Greek thing from them. But that's where we get our word dynamite. So when you, when you think of, when, when Paul's saying that's powerful, he's saying it's, it is explosive. It is, it is uh, I don't know if any of you have ever seen some dynamite set off, but whatever was there before, at very least, it's going to be different, right? <laughs> if you blow dynamite up, that is, that is rapid and intrinsic change, big time, right? It's powerful. And, and that's what Paul's saying. The, the gospel's explosive, man. And here's the good news. If you're, even if you're not called to teach and preach, we already established you're obligated to, sh to share Jesus with other people. It doesn't matter how good you are at sharing it. I mean, I told you all the, the ADD stuff. Man, I'm, guys, I'm 37 years old. I just now finished college. That's how sharp I am, right? Like 19, 19 years to finish college, right? I've been kicked out of more colleges than I've been to. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And God can use somebody like me to go tell people to go share Jesus with others. That's crazy, man. That's how powerful the gospel is. Some of you are shaking your head because you know you're like, I know, man, I've told people about Jesus. And you know what? They just started crying. I said, yeah, I need Jesus. <laughs> That's happened to me, right? And it's not like because I got up in front of like all these people and gave us, like, this is the right room for me. Like I told you all I hailed all the way from Kingsland, Texas. I'm, I'm in my element here, like. Du double digits, preaching to double digits at a time, big time to me. Like, we get over 10, man, I'm in front of the multitudes <laughs> at that point, right? If you can find 10, I'm serious, you can find 10 people that listen to me for more than about 30 seconds. That's, I'm, the, I'm the kind of people God can use. You're the kind of person God can use, and it's not because anything I have other than Jesus, man. Just like Paul, someone shared Jesus with me when I was a little bitty guy. Someone shared the gospel with me. I have I have the gospel, and I can share it with other people. And I don't have to worry about what I sound like doing it. 
I mean, I could care less because I have the gospel. I, I couldn't imagine being up here in my own power trying to, trying to share with somebody. I'd be like, I would talk for about 30 seconds ago. I'm stupid. I'm out of here. Sorry. Sorry I wasted your time. But I don't have to do that because like Paul says, it's radical. It has an intrinsic ability to change, and it changes people's individual lives. And everyone in here, if you're, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, has a, we could sit here all day and just listen to everybody's story. We'd never get out of here but because, because of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives, right? It's powerful, powerful stuff, y'all. It doesn't just change individual lives. The gospel changes human history. And I was thinking, that's what I was thinking about when I asked y'all to pray earlier for, for, our, for our country, for our leadership. The gospel of Jesus Christ goes across time, and it's so powerful, it'll blow stuff up all over the world. It'll change politics. Whatever we think the, this thing looks like right now, I guarantee you the, what, what would change it more than a, than a peace treaty with North Korea or peace in the Middle East is if a, if a huge group of people received the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and reacted to it right there on the spot. That, that would change human history right now. I, I have no doubt about that. And, and the other thing Paul's saying, the verse, the cool thing is, man, everybody likes a winner. Paul's saying, I'm not ashamed of it. I've seen what it can do. And, and, it's, and by man's standards, man, this dude Paul has been on top, right? Like we know his history. That dude's a, a lawyer in Rome trained by the smartest, you know, He's a Roman citizen besides being a Jew, a Pharisee. I mean, he's, that dude's at the top of his game. That, that guy's seen what a winning team looks like over and over, right? And he's saying, but this gospel thing, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm the opposite of ashamed of it. Man, I'm proud of it. Of all the things I've done in my life, this is what I'm proud of. This, of, of all the cool stuff I've seen, been in courtrooms, people, people elected me an official to go around and... and do my will to other people, and, and I, I've been, I've been on, I've been on championship level teams before, coach. But this is what I'm proud of right here. This is what I'm most proud of. So, so when you read that, I'm not ashamed. Part think, think the opposite. That not that that negative connotation to ashamed is saying I'm the opposite of ashamed. I'm proud of this because it's that power of God. It's that radical power to change things, to change people's lives individually. And, and to change us as a whole people group, as a people across this whole world, man, the, the, the gospel, if you don't hear me say anything else, the gospel of Jesus Christ has power. There's this old Civil War era evangelist. His, uh, his name was Dwight Moody, and th this was a quote, I, and I love this, and, and this, is, this is for me too, not, not just for y'all, but Pastor Jim's a pastor, and I know he'll like this too, but Dwight Moody, Civil, era, Civil War era evangelist, this was his quote on it. The gospel's like a lion. All the preacher has to do is open the door of the cage and get out of its way. That's it. That's the power of God to change people. That, that, that's a, so if you're, if you're wondering if, if you got what it takes to share it, man, that's, that's a guy that was a, a obviously gifted speaker of his era and could get up and, and uh, evangelize to multitudes of people, not like 20, but, you know, but big, big arena type evangelist. And he says, man, it ain't me. I open the door of that cage that, that the gospel's in. I share that with people and get out of its way. I let that loose, and I'm out. And I, this this is always funny to me. Like, we, uh, what are, like, uh, when I was a kid, what was it called, Bicentennial, when America turned 200 years old? That was, like, a big deal. 
was I was I even alive? Was it what was that like 1976? So I wasn't even alive then. But I remember like like seeing bicentennial T-shirts and stuff like that. So we're, what are we at now? Like two two forty? America's 240 years old, right in there. And it's funny to me because like we think we think we're like the crowning jewel of civilization and culture on this earth, right? Like that's what we think, right? And, I, and I'll be honest, I've been intimidated. Like, man, I got to go out in this culture where the people are so intelligent and so educated and know so much and share the gospel. That's, that's intimidating, right? It is to me sometimes. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I think things like that. But we're nothing. Like, in the grand scheme of things, we're like 200, 230, 40 years old. So what? Like, we have, like we're still a new kid on the block. And, and we're tearing our... I'm not that kind of new kid. They're terrible. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but man, this is ADD thing. Y'all get me, y'all get me off. The, we, we think we're, we think that, the, like, that the United States of America 2017 is like the pinnacle of society and high culture and education, right? We're 240 years old. I mean, their civilizations have lasted thousands of years. Paul is writing this letter to the church in the heart of the Roman Empire. If if we think we're the height of culture, we're not even a, like a blip on the timeline or the map yet compared to what Roman civilization was. Right? We're talking thousands of years ago, and we're still we're still stealing these Roman, you know, these Roman Greco words. Right? You talk, talk about an influential culture, this is it, right? And Paul's, tell, and Paul's writing these guys this letter, like, hey, man, I've preached, it, I've preached this gospel out in the backwoods to the, to the hillbillies. You know, I've preached it in these small, littler cities, and I don't, I'm eager, I'm chomping at the bit to get to the peak of civilization and share this. Because he knows. Man, I've seen the power of it. I've seen the power of the gospel to change people. So don't, don't be intimidated by the culture, is, is what I'm telling you today. Paul had, had been on both ends of that cultural spectrum, like we talked about, and he's saying, I'm chomping at the bit. I can't wait to get there and open, and open the cage door and let this lion loose in the, mi- in the middle of westernized civilization. So don't think for a minute that the United States of America... It isn't susceptible to the same gospel that it's that it's too sophisticated or the people are too educated or it's too high culture or it's got too many other things and distractions going on because Rome had all that too nothing new under the sun right and Paul's saying I can't wait I can't wait to get in there and turn this joker loose in in the in the middle of it and that should be us y'all we when, when it's awesome to come here and assimilate with other believers on, on one day a week, and, and that is very uh, that is very needed. If, if you're here for the, I don't know how many of you are regulars and how many of you are just checking this thing out on the fringes. Either way, man, get get, pl- get plugged into a people group and come do this. Pull aside and focus on the Lord for a day of the week. That's totally biblical. But Monday morning, we need to roll out of that rack like Paul, chomping at the bit to to go to go turn that lion loose. In, in the world and watch what the gospel can do. That's what we're called to do. 
And we don't, when the cool thing is, like, if you're wondering, hey, man, should I do that or not? Is this guy crazy? You don't, you, that's figured out for you right here today. Bam, you're obligated to do it. You got to. You got to. If you're a believer, you got to go do it. Problem solved. It's resolved in my heart. That's what I do. You jump back up in, in, into verse 5, and, and this, is, this is what it says. Though Christ, or through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey, bringing glory to, to his name. So why are we obligated to do it? Because God deserves it. The God of the universe is, is, is worthy of that. So if you're, if you're looking for a why, there you go. The God of the universe ex- extended this to you. He's, he's worthy of all glory and honor and praise. And hallelujah, he's alive. Christ Jesus is alive today, and he's, and he's worthy of that. So there's your why right there. And this, man, this is so simple. Like, what's the gospel? Like, what's the good news? And the good news is Jesus Christ. He's done everything necessary to save you and me. Christ Jesus has done everything necessary to save me. And Paul, in all of his writings, he mentions no other condition besides believing that good news. You don't, I mean, all those things I talked about, yes, those are good things. Undergo baptism, join a church, uh, pledge a commitment to some organization or, or something else. Those, are, those can all be good things, but at the end of the day, you believe the gospel and trust Jesus Christ. That's all there is to it. It's a, it's a simple, simple gospel. I mean, I, ho- I hope y'all can see that, listen to someone like me. I mean, I get, again, I have to pinch myself at like, man, why am I up here? But it's a simple gospel of Jesus Christ. It got nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? Pastor, Pastor Jim's a gifted speaker. He'd get, he'd get up in front of this room and be just as comfortable uh, in, a, in a room full of... Uh, retired marines or or go down here and talk at, at marble falls isd or and we'd go to horseshoe bay and talk to really smart and well-to-do people uh, we could go out you know go out to you know go out here to to the church where i pastor out and go out in the neighborhood behind that and talk to people and and uh you know you, someone's talents can only take them so far but at the end of the day it's a simple gospel that'll save people it's, it's awesome that you, that you have a pastor that's able to communicate. That issue is, again, hear me. The issue is believing the good news and trusting Jesus Christ. There's a, uh, there's a football coach. He's actually an assistant now with the Cowboys, my favorite team. They're not playing until tomorrow. It's okay. We, can, we, can, we got time. They don't play until tomorrow night. But uh, his, his name is Rod Marinelli. He's actually a retired Marine also. And, like, my favorite thing that he tells those guys, and I, you know, and I watch it, you know, I read a lot of their stuff, and they say, like, man, Coach Marinelli's favorite thing that he tells us is you either do or you don't, but there is no try. There, there's no in-between. Either you believe the gospel and you put your trust in Christ Jesus, or you don't. And, and, and it's as simple as that. We, we can go on and on, I'm sure. Uh, ben, y'all got a non-denominational church here. Uh, I, I went to, to a, to a, took classes from a Baptist college. Uh, there's, there's people in here that have, ta- that ha- that have gathered doctrine from uh, Pastor Jim, cut his teeth in an in a AG church. Um, 
You know, there's people that, that have gathered doctrine from, from all different kinds of places. Uh, there, there's people, you know, that are skewed all different kinds of ways. Uh, there's people that are, that are balanced right down the middle. There's a lot of good godly people out there that'll, that'll, give you, that'll teach you sound doctrine. And that's an awesome thing. Like I said, this whole book is about that. Is you know, Paul, Paul teaching the, the pinnacle of his time and culture doctrine is, is what he's trying to get across. And we can dive into it from all different language angles and, and come out with all different views of it. But at the end of the day, man, believe in Jesus Christ and trust him. And, and, I, and I don't ever walk into a place and assume uh, that, that everybody's a believer. I don't know. Again, I don't know if there's any, if anybody here is for the first time or if you've been sniffing around the edges of this thing. But if, but if you don't know Jesus Christ, uh, y'all do an altar call here? If, uh, if, if you, if, if you want to talk to somebody about that, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, hey, you know, repeat after me, and everything's going to be good for eternity. But if, if you want to talk to somebody about that, your pastor's here. I know, I know y'all have a leader. I don't know if y'all call them deacons or lay, lay pastors, or I don't, know what, I don't know what the title is, but I know people in this room that are good godly men and women that'll, that'll talk with you and pray with you. So, uh, man, I, I want to for sure ex- extend an opportunity for that. If, you, uh, if you're hearing the gospel for the, for the first time today or ever again, I don't want to assume uh, that, it, that everything's okay. I don't want to... If, if you're here checking this church out and, and have got some issues, I, I want to be sure that, that you hear me when I say, man, you can, you can trust that guy right there that guy right there, uh, that guy right there, uh, and some of you I'm meeting for the first time today, but I know there's godly men here that'll, that, uh, that care about you, that, that care about this community, uh, they care about people, uh, they're, they're here uh, because they're obedient to the Lord and they, and they love people because they love Jesus. Uh, and, I, and I know the same thing about uh, Miss Joy back there and some of these other ladies, but I don't know how this looks being a guest here and, and how y'all do this, but I, I for sure don't want to leave without extending an invitation to, uh, to come to the altar and lay whatever's going, whether it's a, a, uh, an eternal question of, of uh, whether or not you know Christ or, or if it's just uh, if, if you need prayer or need to talk to somebody. Again, I'm out of my element here. <laughs> but you sing and they come, is that how it works? You know, I, I would add a little salt to the to the steak that you just got, and uh, and I would just say, like, uh, when it comes to the gospel, you know, the, it's to me like the hardest thing to define, or maybe the thing that we struggle with the most. And I've seen it uh, with other individuals when I hear somebody that is able to convey the gospel. The hardest thing I think to do is convey the gospel because when we say it, we think it just like so generic because we hear it a lot. Well, you know that Jesus died for you. You know that you're a sinner. He he died for your sins. And we display the gospel like that. And uh, one of the guys who's always like been my, who has started to be my hero, uh, I don't know, liturgically maybe is the word, uh, is been Brennan Manning. And, uh, and the reason why is because Brennan, one thing he's been able to convey about the gospel that I haven't, I haven't up until I started really paying attention to his teachings and stuff is, is to like really express the love of God in that the 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 uh, Brennan used to Brennan would say like it was 25 or 28 years ago when the love of God ambushed me and I used to think about that man ambushed like God caught me off my he, he just swept me off my feet he caught me off guard 
you know, I was, I was so prepared to live my life and was so comfortable in my skin that all of a sudden, but the love of God hits me in such a way and convicts me in such a way that like I'm swept off my feet, like I've fallen in love for the first time. And, and, uh, uh, he would always compare the love of God to like a drunken fool. You know, that person who's had too much to drink and they're like telling you, I love you. Like, dude, you don't. No, I totally do. And, and like, and he, he would compare him like that because he was like, yeah, um, and, and you, know, you know how that person is. Like, it doesn't matter what you do to them. They love you. Like, you don't love me. No, I do. I totally love you. And, and that's kind of like how God is a little bit. And, and I've talked about this before in meme culture. In meme culture, I, that's a picture with words, basically, is what that is. Whereas I would see, so, yeah, I, I would see so many that would say, um, you know, I can't wait. You know, I just you, we need to get these you know people who backstab, disloyal, untrustworthy people out of your life. And I'd see all these people. That's right, you need to. And I'm thinking, aren't you glad God doesn't? Because that's you. That's you, man. I mean, God has all the untrustworthy, all the unloving people in His life, all the disloyal. All of those people you're trying to get out of your life, God's going, I'll take them. That's the, that's the gospel. The gospel says for all the people that we reject, God says, I'll take them. The highways and the hedges, remember the old song in the highways and the hedges, right? You know what he's saying? Yeah, you, when you turn down the wedding invitation, I'm going to go get anybody who else wants to come. God, they're riffraff. Uh-huh. I'm going to build the kingdom of God with riffraff. That's, that's the gospel. That's the go- That's the Brennan's able to, to convey that. He, it was one of the ways for me because I think for years, like, it was so hard. Like, I would tell somebody the gospel. How do you tell somebody the gospel when truthfully, those of you who know Jesus, you know what happened here. You don't know what it happened. It's hard to express what happened. It's hard to explain what happened. But one thing's for sure, those who know Jesus, like, really, really know Jesus, you just know you can't go back. There's no way to go back because once you know, you know. You know God loves you. Just like you are, as Brennan would say, not as you should be, for none of us are as we should be. Right? Do you realize? I'm preach a little. No, it's all right, man. Uh, God, do you realize? God loves a messed up version of me, too. <laughs> this is, this, we're such a tag team on stuff. Um, this is where the, the beauty of the gospel lies. So doesn't matter how much you attend. God loves you doesn't matter when you fail to tell others. God loves you. And listen, I know most of us all have been to or come from churches where behavior control or attendance or all these subtle things that we never really talk about, they all happen. But the truth is, God loves you just like you are. Just like you are. When you fail tomorrow, God loves you and forgives you. And walking in that is to walk in the gospel. What you have to offer in the way of the gospel is a message of love and grace. I was talking to the Marine Corps buddies, and I was telling them about a family we help out. And, and I was like, you know, I don't know how much, how, how much, you know, one of the things in ministry that pastors would talk about is how much do we help out? And they created rules for how much do we help out. But I remember another pastor one time saying, well, how much do we help out? He goes, as much as grace allows Grace writes an empty check. Grace writes an empty check. Love writes an empty check. How many of you are going to help your kids out no matter what? I mean, if it ever comes to a point, the point that you have to discipline or the point that you have to do something like that, it's through love, just the same way God does. You never stop loving. 
Never stop grace. That's what you have to offer. That's what he's telling you. That's what your obligation, your obligation is just to tell people that. How cool is that? I don't see that as offensive at all. Like going up to somebody, man, because God loves you. Well, yeah, I know. No, 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 you don't know. God loves you. And when you know, you'll shape your life around that love. That's, that's the difference. You don't know it. You don't know it. You've heard it, and it's, you think it's a cliche. You think it's a bumper sticker. I get it. I get it. But when you feel it, that's it. That's it. And that's what Jason's talking about this morning. So good. So good this morning. I hope you were listening. So good. We, we are. It's the power. It's explosive. So good this morning. Let's worship this morning. We're going to worship this morning. Amen. I got one more thing before I leave. Come on. Come on. I'll do it at the I want to do it on the very end. All right. Well, this morning as we sing and as we uh, do a little worshiping, let all those things that Pastor Jason and Pastor Jim have said, let it sink in deep. Let it permeate through your heart and just give your, just give your all to the Lord this morning as we worship. Lord, we just love you. Father, we stand here in awe of who you are, of your freely given grace, of your freely given love. How you look past every failure that we have, how you look past every fault, and you love us just like we are. And it's through that love, Father, that we pursue you. And in doing so, Father, we find you. Lord, let our eyes see you this morning. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning and do a work that only you can do, Father, through this moment of silence.